All right. Well, I am, um, well, the 8 a.m. traditional service calls me reverend, uh, and the teens call me mother. So, but you can call me Pastor Nicole. I am the youth and families pastor here. So excited you have decided to join us after all that snow, um, and that it's mostly gone. So this is going to be a good morning. We're going to start our morning off with a video, actually. So take a peek. What do you think it means to be a child of God? What does it mean to you? Shoot. <laughs> to be a child of God? Yeah. Um, Constant love. Okay. Yeah, just loving God with everything without any hesitation and just, you know, no inhibitions really. Yeah. But just knowing that He's there and you just love Him and know that He is God. Yeah. Yeah. What about the way that He loves you since you're the child? Oh man, that's yeah. like the best love. I don't know, just there's a security in knowing that someone loves you so much. And I think that's where it is with God, no matter what happens. Um, me being his daughter, I just know that he's going to take care of me and do everything possible to make sure that I'm okay and in our family. Always forgiven, no matter what Yeah, happens. that unconditional love. Cool. Thanks, Jackson. What does it mean to be a child of God? What do okay. you think it means? Uh, Jackson Purdue, what do you uh, know about Hebrews? It means of, uh, a kid to be five. Oh, it means that you're five? Uh -huh. What do you think it means to be a child of God? Be good. Be good? Okay. Thanks, buddy. For you to be a child of God. Um, well, I guess it means that, like... Wait, can I think about this for a while? <laughs> what do you think it means to be a child of God? What do you think it means? <laughs> you don't know? What do you think? When I say you're a child of God, what do you think that means? Mm, I can fly. Huh? I can fly. You can fly? That would be pretty cool, huh? <laughs> well, thanks, Colton. For me to be a child of God? Yeah, what does that mean? Redemption. Redemption. Yep. Cool. All right. Thanks. Me yep. loving God and God loving me. For you to be a child of God. Um, to follow the Ten Commandments and love Him. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Uh, loved. That's it. Okay. <laughs> me being a child of God means having the firm foundation to love one another, as well as trusting in Him a always. Child of God. I know that I'm loved, and I know that He's my Savior, and. He died for all of us. Cool. Awesome. Child of God, and I am loved. What does it mean for you to be a child of God? Um, to be a child of God to me means that um, God loves me as it, like I am His child, and um, which means that no matter what I do, good or bad, that love doesn't change, and that He'll love me forever that way regardless of how I how I am like I love my kids regardless of how they act or what they do or you know um, how good they are I love them no matter what and that's how I view my relationship with God I know that last guy is but he must be a pastor's husband or something because got a pretty good answer there <laughs> well I, I just love all of the 
answers. I wish, honestly, I had this idea uh, way too last minute, and I wanted to get so many more responses and from a more diverse age range, but I, I just love listening to the responses from this video, and I, and I played them over and over this last week as I was preparing for, for this sermon, and I wished that I could have heard more of your hearts. Um, but I, I do love hearing the hearts of our congregation. I especially love the responses from the kids. Uh, I love that, you know, Jackson, when I'm five, I'm a big kid now, says every kid ever, right? And so in his mind, to be a child of God must mean that you, like, are five, which he is five, so good for him. Uh, and as you can tell, I had to push a little harder to get him to say a different answer because I'm a pastor and I wanted him to say a little bit more. But I love that, that Colton uh, believes that he could, to be a child of God means that we can fly, and I so wish that were true. I mean, someday in heaven, who knows? I love the simple answers. Loved. Redeemed. And I love the longer answers that uh, gave a little bit of history into their hearts. But what it all boils down to at the end of the day, when the vast majority of these answers come to love. We are children of God because of the love that God freely gives us. And as my husband pointed out, sometimes we may be undeserving of that love. But because we are God's children, it's there. It's sticking. So this morning, as we continue on in the book of 1 John, in this series, The Father's Heart is Love, over the last couple of weeks, you heard from Pastor Craig, our lead pastor, and Pastor Joni, our Connections pastor, preaching out of chapters 1 and most of 2. These earlier chapters in the book narrow in and focus on God as the light, and love is light, Towards the end of chapter 2, and the remaining chapters in this book, we focus in on God is love even more. It goes more in depth. So this morning we're going to be picking up at the very end of chapter 2 in 1 John, starting with verse 28. We will be reading through John 3.10, and I hope that you'll join me whether you have a handheld Bible like me, uh, you use your app, or it'll be on the screen as well. So 1 John chapter 2, starting with verse 28. Oh, man. Ha-ha. Okay. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Oh. Oh. Okay. Somebody else is going to have to hit the slides for me. I knew this would happen. All right. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But what we know, that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Next slide. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appears so he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is simple is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 
No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. When I read this text, I'm immediately taken back to two passages of scripture. The first being out of Galatians 3, verse 26, we have it. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. I know the passage we just read in 1 John can get a little hard to hear towards the end and, and kind of sticky, honestly. We, we don't ever really like thinking about all the people in the world who don't know Christ yet and thus are living in sin and haven't become a part of God's family quite yet. It breaks my heart, truthfully. But here we are in this passage, and John is telling us pretty darn plainly that in order to be a part of God's family, we must have faith in God, be obedient to God, and love others the way that God has loved us. The other passage I go to immediately when reading this text is way back in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the very beginning, after God created the heavens and earth, the light and darkness, sky and waters, land, plants, animals of all kinds, God created us. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And the scripture also says, God saw what he had made, and indeed it was very good. God created us. Not only did he create us, he created us in his own image. He intentionally knit us together in order to lavish love on us and for us to love him in return. But he also created us with freedom to choose. And as I think about the harsher side of this passage, I think about what God intended for us when he created us. Next slide. God created, if you're following along in your notes, us with the intention that we would all become children of God. God created us with the intention that we would all become children of God. He knew that he gave us freedom. He knew that some would choose not. But he created us with the intention that we would all believe in him. To come to know him intimately and to be adopted into the family of God. But then there's a whole other side to this problem. I think many of you, if not most of you, uh, have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and, and thus have been adopted into the family of God. You are a child of God, but is this what you say you are? My heart breaks for the brokenness in the world. My heart breaks for those who do not know Christ yet. In fact, often when I uh, prep for sermons, I will do it out of a coffee shop. I, I like to people watch. And as I'm writing my sermon, I, I think about all of the people who are coming and who might not know Christ. And what would I say to them? So my heart is there. But my heart also breaks for those who do know Christ, but listen to lies about what others say about who they are, or even lies that we might tell ourselves about who we are. Like, here's the deal. God calls you a child of God. It is because of the love that God lavishes on you that you are a child of God. This text says that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. But how often do you forget that you are a child of God? I think that sometimes we let fears enslave us. 
How often do you let fear enslave you? I think that sometimes others can tell us that we are anything but a child of God. I think that we can sometimes tell ourselves that we are things other than a child of God. And when I was in middle school, and many of you have heard this story before, but when I was in middle school, I received my first call to ministry, and a youth pastor at the time made me doubt that. And when I was in high school, I again heard from God. I was at Nazarene Youth Conference, 2007, I'll never forget that moment, worshiping with 10,000 other teenagers on the floor, accepting a call to ministry. But then, I don't know, six months later went by, and we had a speaker come to our church, kind of a revival thing, he was there all week, and I cannot remember his name, I tried so hard this week. But I remember that in the short six months, I had worked it up in my head that I was not to become a pastor. I wasn't good enough. I was super rebellious and made awful choices as a teenager. And I told myself I was not good enough. I let fear in. I let fear kind of define me in those moments. I let all those bad decisions define me instead of allowing the fact that I was a child of God define me. My identity is in Christ, not the mistakes I made or the fear I felt. So that speaker, though I can't tell you what his name is or the exact passage he preached out of, but he was in the gospel one night, and, and I remember it because he was talking about Jesus, and Jesus looked at those he was speaking to and said, do not be afraid. I am with you. I am a child of God. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past. What matters is now and what you will do for me in the future. You are mine. I remember this last year going through a wave of depression and anxiety and panic attacks and talked about this too, but I remember feeling like I was letting that define me and that I was a slave to fear, fear of receiving a panic attack, fear of the anxiety. And that's why we sang the song this morning, No Longer a Slave. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So if you fast forward to this last year, uh, or back, back up to this last year, fear came in, anxiety, panic attacks, and I let that define me, and I'm, I'm a child of God. That's what defines me. God calls me his, and God calls you his. So along with the video this last week, I reached out through social media to get some more thoughts on what it means to be called a child of God. And so some of the responses were, wrapped in the arms of God, a father to the fatherless, to know and feel his presence. Not a slave to sin and the brokenness of this world. God's mighty love forgives, heals, and empowers us to pull down strongholds so others may know him too. Adopted by him to be a full member of his family. I can come to him at any time with anything. He wants companionship with me, and he desires for me to be the best me I can be for his glory. Unconditional love. I am known. I am significant. I have a purpose. I was created to be free. I am claimed and worthy of unconditional love. The knowledge that even if nobody wants me, somebody already claimed me, and that is enough. You were created in the image of God. You were created to be children of God. And if you're following along in your notes, you are who God says you are, not what the world says you are or what you say you are. But what God says you are, you are a child of God. And that's what this text is saying. And I love how it starts out in verse 28. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Essentially, what is being said here is that as those of us who have faith in Christ and are part of the family of God, 
Stay with Christ. Abide in Christ. Live deeply in Christ. Live into who you are, who God says you are, a child of God. But the question still remains, why? Why are we children of God? Why is it that we have been chosen by God? Why did God create us with being his children in mind? Looking back at verse 1 of chapter 3, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. It is because the love that is lavished on us from God that we are called children of God. He created us to love us so that we might love him. It boils down to love. And if you're following along in your notes, this is actually isn't in a slide, I forgot it. Uh, the amazing thing about God's love is that it is a manifestation of God's grace. Just as God gives grace freely, God gives love freely. God desires to see each person become a part of the family of God, to become a child of God. God's love is so almost unfathomable that a quality of it is that we see that God freely gives to those who are both unlovely and unworthy. So God gives us this love, and as a result, we are called children of God. Next slide. But more than just being called children of God, we are so in fact. It isn't just what you're called. You can be called many things, right? But it's something that you are. You are a child of God. It isn't just something said about us, but something that is us. You are a son or a daughter of God. Which is good, because if you think about it with the whole grace and love thing, how much grace and love does a parent freely give? And how much grace and love do we need from God being our parent? I mean, I think about the concept we talked about earlier with feeling like we're encaptured or enslaved by our fears and what other things define us. If you're following along in your notes, but as children of God, we are no longer slaves to fear. We are chosen by God. We are chosen by God. He chose you. And our fears can be drowned and are drowned in perfect love. We are not perfect. God's perfect. We are not perfect. But many children know that even though they might get in trouble or mess up or have fears, they are loved by their parents no matter what. Their parents might yell at them a little bit and correct them a little bit, but they are loved and they know that. They know there's nothing they can do. Kids can drive us nutso, right? <laughs> Amen? I have two little boys, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and they drive me nuts. <laughs> Jackson, my five-year-old, he is kind-hearted. He is sweet. He is funny. But he gets in trouble a lot. And we have to correct him a lot. And he doesn't listen worth beans. <laughs> In fact, this last week at school, every day I picked him up, his teacher was like, Jackson, 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 your mom's here. <laughs> Wilder, my feisty, almost two-year-old, he is a love bug. And he wants all the attention and to cuddle all the time. He is like attached to our hips, not at all independent. Uh, he's whiny, and he's very busy, and he's mischievous and into everything. And I catch myself on the daily saying over and over and over to either boy, 
sometimes Adam. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. I don't know where that phrase even came from about two years ago after I had Wilder. It was just the phrase that kept coming out of my mouth. Oh, my Lanta. And, and honestly, I find that I say it a little out of frustration or feeling overwhelmed, like, oh, my goodness, what is going on right now? Because I have two boys and they play into each other. But I also find that I say it endearingly. I love my boys. There is absolutely nothing they could do that would make me love them any less. Do I need to correct them and help them understand obedience and the difference between right and wrong? Yes. But at the end of the many exhausting days, I will get them both to bed. Jackson's usually up five minutes later, and so he'll be the last one, and I'll sneak out of his room, and I step into the hallway, and I take a big sigh of the quietness that surrounds me. But most nights, about 10 minutes later, I think, I can't wait until they wake up tomorrow and I get to see them again. Are we going to do this all over again? <laughs> I think about our day, and I take a lot of pictures, and so I often will look at pictures at the night, at night and, and when I look at their faces and the fun that they're having, and I think about them, and my heart flutters. I believe this is the way God sees us, but time's infinity. I believe God looks at us, and he's, his heart flutters. It's unfathomable, the kind of love that God has for us. So to be called a child of God and to be a child of God, that should, that should take our breath away. That should take away any fears or misconceptions about who we are. I believe there are moments, probably a lot of moments, where with love in God's eyes, he looks at us and says, Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> but with the love and grace and desire to be our father. God's love is never ending. It perseveres. And as children, we are going to mess up and need correction. But at the end of the day, I hope you will remember you are a child of God. You are loved. You are not unworthy. You are not unlovable. You are not past the point of redemption. You are not too rebellious. You are no longer a slave. I mean, Scripture says it. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. It's you, since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. You are not what others say you are. You are not insignificant. You are not alone. You are who God says you are. You are beloved. You are adored. You are a child of God. Declare it. Yell it. Literally, at some point this week or today, I want you to yell it. You have to be alone. That's all right. I did it this last week. But believe it. You are so much more than what you tell yourself you are and what the world says you are. You are a child of God. About three years ago, when Jackson was two and a half, we had just moved up here, and he went through this phase where he just thought everyone went to church and we should talk to anyone really because we are part of the family of God. And I'll never forget, we had just moved into our home. We lived just down the road, and our backyard backs up to 64th, and you can see the cars going up and down the hill from our back door, which is like a two-and-a-half-year-old boy's dream. And Jackson loved standing back there and watching all the cars go by, and I asked him one day. I got down and kneeled next to him, and I said, what do you see? I see the cars. And where are they going? They're going to church. <laughs> <laughs> and 
not long after that, like a week later, uh, we had to have a conversation about how he can't just talk to anyone he wants in Walmart. And um, he asked why, and I told him, because you don't know them. And his response was, but I want to know them. Now, as a five-year-old, we have uh, much more difficult conversations regarding people and being a part of the family of God. Recently, he's been asking a lot of questions, and we've had many conversations over the last two weeks about heaven and hell and why we believe in God and what God has done for us and the love Jesus pours out for us. Essentially, we've been having conversations about what it means to be a child of God. Your identity is in Christ. Believe it today. But I want to implore you, I want to encourage you, go one step further than just believing it. You, hopefully by this point in my sermon, know who you are. And if you're not sure of that, let's have a conversation. You are a child of God. But there are so many people in the world, in Marysville, Arlington, Snohomish, Everett, who don't know Christ yet who wouldn't say their identity is in being a child of God. As a child of God, God tells us to go and make disciples. Go and tell others about me and invite them into the family. Because your identity is in being a child of God, I hope that you are compelled by the amazing and unfathomable love that God gives to go and do what you can do to help others find the same hope and love in Christ Jesus. As the band comes out, I want you to remember our last slide. Partner with God in bringing in new family members. It doesn't look the same for everybody. Reaching others for Christ, it doesn't look the same. So do what you can do to partner with God in bringing in new family members, however that looks for you. Jackson's desire to know people has not gone away, and I don't think it will. He has a heart for people that I haven't seen very often, honestly. He has a deep desire to know people. And my hope is that I would do the same starting this year. I hope that I will get out of these specific walls of being in the church and and being the church out there, showing God's love to others. Because I am a child of God, and I truly desire for everyone to find their identity in the same. You are a child of God. Go and partner with him to bring in new family members. And hopefully the band's going to come out. (laughs) I'm going to pray for us as we enter into a time of worship. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for for loving us, for creating us with the intention of us being children of God. Thank you for giving us your heart for others. I pray that we would leave the space and we would truly believe it and declare that we are children of God. I pray that we would reach others for your glory and for your family. I pray that you would bless the offering this morning. I pray that you would use that for your glory to reach the community around us. Lord, we love you today, and we ask these things in your heavenly name. Amen.